No, we're just starting the recording now. I've been talking for, I think, about 45 minutes trying to do this first uh, podcast. (laughs) And I didn't hit record. So that's lesson one. Lesson one. Day one. Minute one. Lesson one. Lesson one. Lesson one. Hit the record button. Gotta hit it. Doesn't work if you don't hit it. You're not recording anything, bud. You're just talking. You just you're just out here vibrating the air with your vocal cords. Ah, you crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I guess I'll start over. Uh, the reason that I'm here before you vibrating air into this microphone which somehow magically records the things that i've said as ones and zeros inside of my macbook uh which then magically somehow gets the those you know recreates those vibrations uh in a way that your ears can comprehend can can take it to your brain which forms them into symbols and meaning is because I've got some shit that I want to talk about. Um, (laughs) So, you know, the first part is I feel like I am a person who has struggled with life, is still very much struggling in life, and so much of the time, you know, when I'm looking for answers and I go to a podcast because I want to hear someone talk about the things that are on my mind, um, the person who ends up talking has lived sort of an idyllic life. And, you know, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, they've lived that, I- like, like it's that idyllic life that has led them to a place where they can uh, have a PhD, have written a book, you know, are some sort of expert um but there's also the sense of like well could 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 what you have to say really be a value to me because you don't know what it's what it's like to be uh someone who's whose mental illness makes it so that just basic functioning is is very difficult you know and maybe a lot of those people haven't ever uh, had to work like a shit job that just makes you feel drained all the time. And I think that more people who are living those kinds of lives um, need to share with each other what's worked for them. You know, we, we need to take the microphones. It's okay for... You know, we're, we're allowed. We're not the kind of people who automatically assume that the things that we have to say are of value. But I, I, I want to make that assumption. I want to assume that my life's struggle has been, has been of some kind of value. You know, that even though I, it didn't earn me a degree or, um, I don't know, or a big paycheck or anything like that, um, that I really do have something to 
to share and that other people like me have things to share. And so I want to bring, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly where the show is supposed to be going, but I, I would love to have, you know, guests who are in the middle of it come and, and talk about what, what they're in the middle of and what they're trying to do about it. So that's, you know, that's why I'm making this recording right now. Um, the kinds of things I would love to talk about, you know, obviously mental illness, trauma, addiction, um, and, and, and what healing from those things has looked like, you know, what is it like on the on the long scale what is it like on the short scale um how do you how do you show up every day yeah i would love to talk about those things um with real people who are really really in them and not not trying to talk shit about those who you know went to ivy league schools or um had parents that cared about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying my parents didn't care about me, but um, you know, people who got off to a rough, you know, pe- people who well, I'm talking about people who didn't get off to a rough start. I think that I, you know, the things they have to say are valuable. Um, but this, this just isn't that show. I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get if you know if 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 uh anybody ever listens to this thing you know maybe i will find myself with a with a an expert sitting across the table from me at some point but that's that's not where we're starting um i want to talk about religion uh, i was a member or I was involved in and believed in, I guess that's the most important element of it all. I believed in um, a fundamentalist evangelical version of Christianity for about 10 years and, you know, came out on the other side of that. And I know that there are a lot of people who are um, still in the church, still in that kind of belief system and are questioning it. Um, and that they don't necessarily have a lot of resources that will help them, uh, I don't know, just feel safe and, and, and comfortable and that other people are asking the same kinds of questions that they are. I, I think, you know, now we have this idea of the deconstruction movement, um, which is awesome. Um, it, it hadn't been named as such 12 years ago when I left the church. Uh, I felt very much that it was something that I was doing on my own. I did have, uh, you know, a couple of good albums by Dave Bazan, Pedro the Lion, that were dealing with, you know, emotionally what it felt like to leave the church. It really wasn't easy. I think that that's something that if you're if you're listening, and you haven't been in the evangelical church um it might not make sense but 
I mean, that culture was, was my whole life. You know, it was how I knew how to connect with people. Uh, all my friendships were in that culture. Um, I only knew how to date inside of that culture. And also, you know, this sense of an emotional, spiritual connection to the Lord was very real. I mean, you can't, or, or why, why would you ever want to step away from the lover of your soul? You know, and then you're you're in a culture where everyone who everyone who you know and communicate with on a on the regular will, you know, frame if if you try to talk to them about this stuff, they're gonna frame it back to you in a very Christian kind of way. You know, this is this is a trial. This is something that's ultimately going to strengthen your faith, you know, and, and they'll tell you, um, you know, that you can take a thousand steps away from the Lord, but uh, he'll meet you just if you t- start to take that one step back and, and you want to step back, you know, like if you've been in that world, there's a good chance that um, it's because you feel very much connected to and in love with their their sense of the divine and what how do i want to say this um i don't know cut cut edit edit cut edit cut cut i don't know i don't know how to edit i, I don't know if i should like do specific should i leave like a pause I mean, that's not where I would do the edit, so I don't know how a pause there is going to be useful to anyone. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're learning. I mean, one way, one way to emphasize how emotionally difficult it can be to leave the church is, you know, for me, I thought that um, it was much worse to leave the, I mean, the church, yeah, the church was important to me, but to leave God, you know, my, my sense of God behind, um, that was a much worse experience than my divorce was. And the divorce was really bad, you know, I mean, um, I was in love with her and when you know for for years she was my best friend and my you know my number one uh pick in in all the world you know if i could if i could snuggle down with one person uh every night like she she's the only one and you know, eventually, you know, because 
we were young and immature and I was a shithead, you know, I was an evangelical 20 something, you know, early twenties man who, you know, had been told that he was supposed to be some kind of spiritual leader, but I was really just a, a child. Like, oh my God, I, I don't want to see a highlight reel of the, the cringiest things I ever did or said or thought, especially with her. Um, but eventually she had an affair and, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's fucked up that I don't blame her, that I, I feel like I put so much, I feel like being with the version of me that I was at that time must've been so difficult for her, um, that you know her her subconscious mind just found a way out for her but it was painful when she left i mean she had an affair and then she left i didn't even i didn't even have it in me to to be the one to pull the trigger on that but leaving god behind was worse I mean, he was, he was my, my whole sense of safety in the world. He was my daddy, you know, I mean, it's going to sound all fucked up. You know, my daddy, my, my lover, my best friend, you know, like that's, but that's really, how it felt, I mean, for a while, I wouldn't have laughed if it, you know, still felt that way. I think that that's something that happens with a lot of Christians is you, um, you come into this, into the church and you, you have these profound experiences of communion with the divine. And, um, when they fade and you can't find your way into that space anymore, you know, the feeling is that you're not even supposed to be attempting to find your way into that space because, you know, that's fucked up. You're just supposed to have have faith um, in God and what he's done and, uh, you know, Jesus and then the cross. But emotionally, you know, you need those experiences. You need to be held. You're just not being held. And, you know... God is is good and, and perfect and you know the the very definition of love and so it can't be his fault it can't be that you know he's a bit of an absentee God it has to be your fault there's got to be some kind of reason um, whether that's a, a test of faith a part of a, some kind of purification process or you know, perhaps um, you've stumbled into sin and God just can't be around that. You don't know, but he ain't around. Doesn't seem to be anyway. And that's a pretty important part of it. That was my experience after... 
you know, years and years of struggling with my sinful nature and, um, you know, trying to find the keys that would, you know, once again unlock the, the throne room of the Lord, um, I had to admit that it it wasn't working anymore and that, in fact, the, the worldview itself wasn't making a lot of sense. You know, if the worldview, you know, if, if things were as the uh, Christian church and the Bible describe them, um, then, you know, continually putting my faith in the Lord, continually doing, doing everything that I could to lay myself uh, at his feet should have produced, I, I, I shouldn't have been suffering so much, <laughs> you know, like I was just, I was so miserable and I wasn't, I wasn't getting anywhere. Um, you know, I had to say, well, what if maybe there's like something wrong in my math here? Maybe the version of the world that is being described to me by these other believers, by the Bible, by, um, you know, all those Christian books that I read, maybe there was something just like fundamentally wrong. Um, and I, I think that as I explored that hypothesis, I started to realize that not only was there something, you know, intellectually off, but also that there was something a bit fucked up about it. You know, you, you have this, You, you, you feel like you're in the, the whole thing is supposed to be about love you know it's this um, the God fills you with this tremendous love he is the embodiment of love and only through this connection via the Holy Spirit um, can any human love in a truly uh, genuine kind of way um, maybe that's maybe some Christians would argue with me there that that's not quite that's not quite what the point is it, but it's something you're that you're you are ambassadors for the lover of the universe you know love is a theme that is just constantly emphasized which is you know I think that any religion that it's constantly um, emphasizing love, like that's good, <laughs> you know. Love's love's pretty cool, but what kind of world does this system actually paint? Is this really a loving um, worldview? Is this, you know, it's the good news? That's the thing. It's like we're we're recipients of the good news that you know jesus christ died on the cross for our sins so that we can have uh reconciliation with and communion with uh god the father you know that's the gospel gospel is the good news but to me vanilla reality 
doesn't include a fiery pit that everyone is being dangled over all the time. Every single person. I mean, that's a part of the Christian worldview. Every single person is dangling over a pit of eternal suffering. You know, maybe you view that as a literal fiery place where, you know, humans will still be basically in human bodies and, and literally those bodies will be on fire. You know, that sounds pretty shitty. Uh, you know, nervous systems constantly reconstituting themselves. Uh, you know, so you could just suffer anew over and over again. Um, or maybe you have a more, I don't know, uh, spiritualized, ethereal version of it. But, but in some way, you know, humans are going to exist forever and they'll either be doing that in a state of um, unimaginable bliss and fulfillment um, or unimaginable anguish and sorrow. And that's not... It's not really good news, right? And then there's this idea that, like, so philosophically, God has been sort of tangled into a, a net where that's the only way he ever could have run things, you know, because he can't, you know, to be in his presence would be to fall madly into love, worship, devotion, and service to him. Um, so if he simply reveals his presence to every soul then they don't get to make any kind of choice it would override their free will so they have to be given some kind of free will and um they can choose to be in his presence or out of his presence and it's just the very nature of being cut off from him from being out of his presence that uh, all this tremendous suffering will be taking place it's not that god wants to do this to people he didn't create humans or you know beings souls so that they would suffer he's not a fucked up egomaniac um it's just that things have to be that way it's just the very nature of reality and you know that's that was a good enough argument for me um why we could still call ourselves bearers of good news you know because the good news is well you, all you have to do is then uh take a step towards god you know he's going to meet you with open arms and he's not just gonna you know allow you entrance into the place of uh love and bliss but he's going to come into your heart right now and he's gonna he's gonna love you He's going to make you whole. Um, so it's good news. But I think that, you know, after those 10 years and then starting to, to question, you know, maybe this is actually just wrong. Um, I started to go, you know what? No, I, I, I think that the notion of, of hell 
and and the the just like the stakes that you're living your life by when you're an evangelical christian are actually you know a bit fucked like this is not this is not good news especially when um you know you're considering your walk you're living your life you're you're walking around on a day-to-day basis and every person that you see is in danger of spending their eternity out in the cold or the hot depending on how you want to think of it um And really, you know, you ought to be doing something about it. And so if you are someone who is dealing with mental health issues that didn't just magically disappear, um, you're tired, you're worn out, you're afraid of people anyway, uh, you have to know that if you're not, you know, sharing this blessing that you've received with the with people who don't want to hear about it you know i mean nobody wants nobody wants to be preached at right (laughs) but uh if you're not doing this thing then you're fucking up and you're potentially you know what if what if someone who could have gone to heaven goes to hell and it's your fault like high stakes High stakes out there every day. Intense world. I always thought that uh, that was why Christians had such a an intense um, hardcore music scene, is because the they the the themes of that music sort of need life to be extremely intense. Um, and Christians are great at that. They've had some amazing hardcore bands. Just just heavy music in general. Christians rule at it. Um, the chariot under oath these are these are the bands of my generation um you know the the christian world there's a lot of gaslighting telling you that you need to really believe that um a god that is torturing limited beings forever for you know their uh temporary crimes that they couldn't possibly have avoided (laughs) you know um because they didn't accept his his offer for whatever whatever reason uh that this is good news like no come on when you see to me you know one one element of gaslighting is when um you can see clearly with your own eyes that something is fucked up and you're told no 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 that's not fucked up you're fucked up for thinking it's fucked up um eventually i had to i had to step out of it and i had to see what the world looked like uh, if i took those glasses off And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to leave behind um, friends and, you know, I didn't have to leave behind family. I was already divorced and my, uh, you know, my natural family were were not in the faith. 
Um, so, so that made it a bit easier for me. You know, at least I was in a sense on my own, but I, I did have a lot of friends, uh, in the church. I had a, I had a girlfriend, um, after the marriage that she was, um, deeply involved and we, we broke up, you know, before I even fully left the church, just when I was asking questions, cause, uh, they were, those questions were making her nervous. And, and I understood that it, it made a lot of sense to me, you know, her, she had found a way to be safe in the world and um she would a few years later you know she she went on her own journey of, of deconstruction um but she wasn't ready at the time and so i so i had to so there was there was her um and there was this sense of this you know what if what if i could reconnect with god even though i'd been trying my fucking ass off every goddamn day for 10 years but maybe maybe there was going to be a way for me to reconnect. Uh, and I, and I was, you know, it was the thing I wanted most. So I, I had to give up the thing I wanted most. I had to give up my sense of meaning, my idea about how beauty comes into the world. My vocational aspirations, you know, I had wanted to be a pastor up until that point. And so um, we can talk about it, you know. Well, mostly me. I'm mostly me talking about it. But uh, I don't know. That's that's one of the things. That's one of the one of the reasons that I want to um, record these things. And then beyond that, I mean, this life has been the most difficult fucking slog because of some mental health issues. You know, when you start out life um, getting kicked in the teeth, it's hard to come back from that. Um, you know, there's so many. This, this world's not that easy. It's not an easy game. And so when you have to play uh, starting you know, down a few pieces. I play a lot of chess, so I'm, th I'm thinking about chess. Like, it's hard. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. I'm a lot happier than I was. You know, here I am trying to walk down this this creative path because I've felt for so long that that really was was my path my calling you know and I want to I want to offer that to myself as a gift like yeah let's let's really try to try to do this you're you're worthy of you know making things um what you have to say has some kind of value like I can I can sit here this morning um and feel feel that strongly enough to step out and and try to make something like that's good that's a i'm happy with that but i'm i'm i mean i don't have any sense that i've arrived at um stability or um i don't know 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess most people would say that there is there is no real arrival, but I, I hope that there's somewhere to go beyond where I am now. <laughs> you know? um, but I'm a, I'm a guy who has spent most of his life trying to climb out of a mental health pit, and I've made some progress. Um, and, and again, I think that I want this show to be the show yeah it's a it's a show i want these talks to be about you know normal people doing it um you know people who don't have every advantage finding their way And so we'll get into that. Um, I've, I've, I've struggled with a lot of addiction in my life. Um, for the past few months, I haven't been drinking or smoking, not smoking uh, marijuana, but, you know, and that's been fucking helpful. Oh my God. Oh my God. I could not uh, begin to attempt to manage all the other things while I was doing those things. But those haven't really been my primary issues. Um, we'll get into that. Let's talk about addiction. Um, how fucking maddening it is. And then, you know, there there might be some some crazy stories here, but... You know, since I left the church, uh, you know, for, for a while I was, I don't want to say an atheist, but I was a disinterested agnostic, you know, I uh, wasn't, wasn't out there trying to find any kind of new spiritual connection. Um, but you know, eventually I found as the, the mental health problems persisted, uh, I became interested in anything really that might help. And, um, you know, meditation was one of those things that offered perhaps some kind of intervention. And so I started meditating. Um, and as I did, you know, slowly but surely, I discovered new aspects of my own inner world um that i that i hadn't guessed were there and um the experiences that i had were able to help me recontextualize the things that had happened to me you know the the seemingly um supernatural or uh experiences of connection with the divine that i had experienced in the christian church um, started to make sense to me. I started to see that I don't know that there is. I started. I started to slowly believe that the world there there was some validity to the spiritual perspective, and um, you know, fortunately, because I I know what it is to be completely fucking wrong about something. Um, and then to give my life to that thing, 
Uh, I'm much more hesitant now to, you know, draw solid conclusions. I can um, have experiences of, you know, all kinds of different, all kinds of different interesting phenomena <laughs> that we'll get into uh, without necessarily having to place a label or a pin on it or even, um, you know, the next day believe that what had happened was truly something outside of, you know, normal, uh, rational, material reality, you know, with, with still an openness that, that maybe it is, you know, I, I think that in the Christian worldview, um, there's this strong emphasis on like getting it right, you know, like you'll see, I, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of, um, with a lot of Christians on social media and, Sometimes they'll just, like, post these, like, theological views as if they're important, as if anyone cares what what they think about these minute theological issues, you know, something about exactly um, how the authority of the Bible works was one that I saw the other day. It's, like, breakdown of it. Just, like, dude, how could anyone know? First of all, how could anyone know that? Second of all, why would you think that you in particular know it? Um, and third of all, why would you just announce it to the world the only people who are going to care are going to be people who already agree with you uh i don't know but i don't feel that anymore i don't feel like oh i have to get things right there's this strong emphasis on rightness because if i don't get it right um you know if, if my math's off then lake of fire burned in a lake of fire <laughs> that's Oh, it's so fucked up when I think about how I, I really, I really believe that for so long, um, that I was playing this game with these enormous stakes. But since I don't believe in the stakes anymore, uh, I'm not even necessarily doing the math all the time. You know, I mean, I listen to these podcasts where, you know, one episode we're talking um, about Kundalini, and the next episode we're talking to some some guy that you know, channels an alien spirit uh, or like a cha channels an alien from the future who has um, lots of good life advice for people now. And I can kind of go, okay, you know, to, to all of it. Uh, but I, I know what's happening inside of me. You know, I know what kind of impact the spiritual journey that I'm on um, is having on my life, on my intentions, on my nervous system. You know, these are the things that really matter to me. Um, and if it's the case that there are some kind of karmic implications for a next life, you know, if it's the case that the, the soul goes on, um, well, I think that's badass. That's that's exciting, but you know, nobody's asking me. You know, and I don't have to pretend that I know things that I don't know. Uh, and that feels that feels really good. That feels really light. Um, so we can talk about the spiritual world. We can talk about other ways that things might be functioning and. Um, maybe I can find some friends to come on here and, and talk about their experiences. 
uh, in that set. So in recap, themes are deconstructing Christianity, mental health, and post-Christian spirituality. This one's mostly for me, <laughs> obviously. Uh, I don't know how entertaining that will have been for anyone to have listened to. I suppose, you know, I told a little bit of my Christian story. I guess, I guess the next ones, I'll start telling my, my tale. We'll do that. I'll get the tale out there. Um, and then, you know, maybe I can, if I'm having thoughts about specific things, I can try to, you know, I liked, I liked the idea of the sermon. Uh, I can try to bring sermons to you if, you know, anybody gives a fucking shit about what I have to say. And then, um, you know, and we can try to get some guests, we try to get some other normal ass people out here, you know, with their, with their feet in the mud, get some muddy motherfuckers in here, talk about mud life. <laughs> so that's, that's the plan. Uh, okay, I love you. Goodbye.